No Directions Gen Con 2019 seminar coverage is brought to you by Roll for Combat's new Fall of Plaguestone Pathfinder 2e actual play podcast. Featuring Stephen Glicker, Jason McDonald, Rob Tremarco, and No Directions own Lauren Sig and Vanessa Hoskins. Find it and other Pathfinder and Starfinder podcasts, interviews, and reviews at RollForCombat.com. No Direction presents our Gen Con 2019 seminar coverage in partnership with Paizo. We'd like to thank our seminar team, Lauren Sieg, James Ballad, Vanessa Hoskins, and me, Jefferson J. Thacker, also known as Param. We'd also like to thank Peyton Smith from Paizo for helping getting this produced. This content and more great seminar coverage, as well as Pathfinder and Starfinder content, is available at NoDirectionPodcast.com. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Starfinder Rules Q&A seminar. Uh, I'm Joe Pacini. I'm the Starfinder lead designer. I have a couple awesome Starfinder folks with me. If you'd introduce yourself. Mm, okay. <laughs> I'm Amanda Hammond. I'm the managing developer for Starfinder. And I'm Jason Keeley. I'm a developer, and I work mainly on the Starfinder adventure paths. But other things as well when needed. That's true. That, that's a good point. I work primarily on the hardcover line and accessories, things like that. Uh, sometimes we grab our AP friends to help us with things. Yes. And of course, there's rules everywhere. So yes. So we're here to answer your questions today. Um, anything you want to ask about Starfinder? Uh, I also want to tell you some cool new rules things that are coming up since you bothered to come by. And uh, But I'd love to take some questions first if anyone has any about Starfinder in general, really. Yeah. Whether it's the rules or even we can even talk about raves and faves. And yeah, stuff, yeah. stuff in the books. Right. We'll do a couple people, then we'll ask some Hot tips. questions. Okay, stuff, cool. So feel free to ask whatever you feel like. Okay. Terrific. Hi. Our best cool Ah. Have we announced anything? We haven't that actually would be announced it, but <laughs> we do know that information. I don't know if we should divulge it or not. It seems like. For the rules. Yeah. Yes. Wait, no. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think yeah. No, they are warm-blooded. They are. Yeah. Um, was, that, was the second part to your question? Are they affected? Oh, gotcha. So, per force, no. They, they, just like anybody else is affected by temperature, yeah, Besker yeah. affected by the same way, the mm -hmm. same way as a human or Sheeran. Mm -hmm. Anyone else? Questions? Uh, how early on in Starfinders developed did you development did you guys decide to get rid of iterative attacks because that was the first thing that really surprised me in the rules difference between right. the two. Oh wow this is an interesting question because the three of us weren't really in on the earliest of developments um, that was uh, uh, people like Owen Casey Stevens and Rob McCurry and uh, James L. Sutter and uh, some of the design team who aren't here right now um, but I think it was like early. Was very early. Yeah. 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 And I think that that was a little, a little bit of that was also speaking to a potential second edition of Pathfinder. There were things that they wanted to try out. Um, and so, of course, we didn't get the action economy that second edition of Pathfinder did because the teams had bifurcated at that point. But there were certainly, uh, there were certainly some testing grounds for some um, pieces of Starfinder rules that they were considering for Pathfinder. Mm -hmm. It's what been a kind of a, oh, sorry, go ahead. Kind of like what happened with the Star Wars Saga edition. Kind of test yeah, it's, it's more of like a Not leap. Necessarily a test. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's it's been kind of a leapfrogging situation where yes. we've learned some things from PF one that we applied in Starfinder and made some changes there, and then same thing with second edition. It picked up some things, left some things behind. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, we have you know two full attacks. You take the minus four or a full attack. You make two attacks. You take a minus four penalty to each. So that's kind of right. just a different approach to yeah. virtually the same thing. Clearly, that, that is something that is uh, uh, probably semi-reflected a bit in second edition, where you can always take a, a, as many attacks as you have actions. Essentially, mm -hmm. and they yeah. just get harder to do. Yeah. Uh, there was a question earlier from Twitch. I forget the individual's name, but they were asking with all the changes to the Starfinder rules, was there, was there ever going to be an update in the core rulebook with a new printing, like the new Starship mm. DCs or anything? That's a good question. Yeah. Can we talk about errata and kind of the process of errata? Okay. Oh, do we know about that? <laughs> <laughs> we know that at some point we yes. will be doing official errata with the reprints. Yeah, I have uh, a list of errata that I've kept track of. We, of course, have the Starfinder FAQ that's up online that's been updated at least once. Um, mm -hmm. And that's something that's always not the back of my mind, but like the middle, <laughs> yeah. pushing for the front, yeah. <laughs> fighting against character operations manual and alien archives and everything. Um, <laughs> So I was just talking to Lisa Stevens today about uh, how we're doing selling Starfinder Pro Rulebooks and, and 
it sounds like before too long, uh, which is good news, right? The, <laughs> that we will need to do a second printing, but of course I can't give yeah. any kind of timeline on that. But but I'm I'm looking to do that as eagerly as everyone else is, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, I think a process thing that's um, significant to note here is that we, as as a company, Paizo doesn't do reprints um, or doesn't do a rata on hardcovers until we do a reprint. Right. And so Starfinder had a supply. This is really boring stuff, but it had a supply as such that a reprint wasn't looking likely until you know several months kind of down the road and so um, we knew we couldn't publish it until that point anyway so we've kind of had a little bit more um, just flexibility in when we can put that together but um, we, Joe has a, a sort of golden rule book that uh, Owen started that you're adding to that's got all sorts of little notes and things written right in the text and, and yeah. that's how we kind of keep track of everything. I'm putting that in a spreadsheet. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we're organizing that a little better. Yeah. That's what went missing once and that was a <laughs> heart drop moment. <laughs> like, where is everything we talked about? Very bad. Yeah, so spreadsheets all the way. <laughs> but it would make a perfect MacGuffin for a uh, very, very oh, yeah. meta type mm -hmm. of Adventure. <laughs> uh, in terms of primary versus offhands, how many offhands does a cassava have? Two or three? Uh, they have they have four hands that they can use. So Starfinder doesn't have a primary versus offhand really. Um, and it's actually we can expand this question to there's, there's lots of playable species that have a kind of unknown number of arms and hands, uh, but we say somewhere that, because we made sure to, that you always have two, at least two hands, unless it's stated otherwise. And so Kasatha specifically says they have four hands, which you need to know for wielding. They can hold four different weapons, um, but they're only ever going to be able to shoot twice but with the base rules, right, with the full attack. Um, there are feats that say, I think if you have four of the same small arm, you can shoot them all yes, off. The Fusilade feet. Yeah, yeah. Fusilade. Fusilade, please. Fusilade. <laughs> We get it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, however, it's pronounced. Uh, yeah. So, sorry. Did that answer your question? Okay. Thanks. <laughs> More questions. Ooh, here's one. Uh, there's another question from Twitch from Cthulhu was tasty. Any chance you could expand on the sapient insect swarm in Alien Archive Three? Oh. The Spathinae has never been pronounced before now <laughs> in public. Uh, That's how we say it now, though officially. Yeah. Yeah. They're. Uh, I don't have the rules in front of me, so I don't want to misquote. But there is, there, in case anyone didn't know, <laughs> uh, and are they insects necessarily? They're insectile, I They're think. They're insectile, yeah. Yeah. But you get to be a sapient swarm of creatures that can uh, do some stuff. I, f I forget exactly what that is. So no is the answer to that question. I can't <laughs> expand on that. <laughs> and I wish I could. Uh, I could run down if you want to wait like 20 minutes. I can go down to the booth and look at our one copy that's in a glass case. Of yeah. three. Memorize it. But, yeah. You can't bring it back up. Here. And then run back up. Yeah. And, wait, I forgot. Yeah, sorry. I can print out back in Seattle if you want to wait. You know, like, never. <laughs> but that, was something, that was something we heard from people that they wanted, and uh, we made it happen in A3. We're excited about that. There's also a playable undead species. That's going to be That's in there cool. too. There's more swarm stuff too mm -hmm. in yep. AA3. Yep. Some nasty swarm stuff. Yeah. There. With great art. With really good art. Yeah. yeah. Good Jason, do you have any questions? Do about I have anything about a question about <laughs> AA3? What's a, well, name one more Not playable AA3. species that's in AA3. Uh, the Raxolites. Uh, does anyone know what Pikmin are? <laughs> this was my pitch for them. <laughs> They're tiny, size capital T, size tiny plant creatures that have flowers or dandelions on their head. They have different forms they can take and have slightly different abilities based on those forms. Did, did I mention that there's an article in the Attack of the Swarm about biological starships and they're mentioned in there too. Oh, so they cool. have their own types of starships. Yeah, yeah. Look pretty cool. Awesome. Look forward to all of that. Not out now. <laughs> yeah. Flower people, starships. We got a quick, someone asked, right? Like, will you tell us about all the things that aren't available currently? <laughs> right? Someone said that. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> but we love doing that stuff. Uh, cross, yeah, cross yeah. pollinating. Oh, mm, pollen. it's plant creatures. We got there. Boo. Group high five under the table. Ah, uh, boom. Uh, they did it. They really did it. Any other questions? I actually have one. Is there any rule that was found unpopular that you would think you might want to change in future editions? Uh, I know I've railed against the lasers going through concealment. Uh, so was there any rule that you're not a big fan of that you would consider changing? Um, there's some unintended like inter interactions, I would say. I think smoke, for instance, uh, the way it's written in some places, it's kind of one-way smoke, where if I'm in a cloud of smoke, people can't see me, but I'm good 
shooting out of it with no problems. And that's not intended. So, yeah. It's a little but, weird. Yeah, yeah. so that's a, a, a tweak I would make. And then we, you know, we, Starfinder is all about experimentation and, and doing weird, fun stuff. Uh, so I don't see why that wouldn't apply to the rules as well. Just yeah. trying new things. And, and again, like I said, with the leapfrogging, if we were to ever do a new edition, but even as we go ahead, um, some of the new rule systems I want to talk about today um, mm. are just kind of experimenting, seeing what Pathfinder's done, what Pathfinder 2 is doing, a second edition, and, and deciding what we want to do for Starfinder. Yeah. That's kind of the fun play space. I'll just talk about one of those right now, which is in Alien Archive 3 also, uh, is the Creature Companion system. So we now have a system where you can create a buddy to come with you on adventures. And at the most basic level, it could be a pet, basically, that just follows you around. Um, there are mount rules uh, that, that exist actually in the core rulebook that are kind of, uh, the way they're written, they're sort of talking about a system that sounds like it exists but didn't quite. Um, I mean, it's up to the GM in a lot of cases. So we kind of codified that a little bit more in Alien Archive 3. And uh, if your pet or your creature companion is bigger than you, you can write it, basically. Um, and then there is a, I hesitate to say feet chain. We don't like to do those too much. Um, but it's, it's a feat chain. <laughs> it's a series of feats that lets you do more and more with your creature. Just control them more uh, ably. If you're familiar with the mechanic and the uh, mechanics drone, it's pretty similar to that. It is. We made sure that it wasn't better than the mechanics drone because we don't want to take that away from mechanics players. We don't want yeah. Alien Archive 3 to come out and all the mechanics who do cool stuff with their drones are like, wait, why? That's, everyone can have a pet and it's better <laughs> than my drone. So we were careful to mm -hmm. keep it in a, in a good place where you know, you're getting something for your investment in those feats and, you know, a saddle if you want to buy a yep, saddle. There's, cool saddles. there's, a lot of, there's some cool yeah. equipment in there as well. Yeah, there's some focused equipment to, to, so that your your laser wolf puppy doesn't uh, asphyxiate in space, and that kind of wolf thing. Puppy, that's a thing. <laughs> that's Starfinder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've got stat blocks for a bunch of mm -hmm. um, creature companions, and some of them are actually new creatures, which will yeah. be uh, interesting. Some of them are creatures we mentioned in lore that haven't ever been satted up before that makes sense that you would want them as a, as a creature companion. I don't know, do you want to spoil one or two of those? Yeah, sure. Yeah, so there's a creature from uh, Castorval called Yasakaja. That we set it up, and it was a creature that we had art for that was ordered as a um, like a type of mount from Castrovel, and uh, basically got had gotten cut, I think, from something else. Mm -hmm. And uh, Rob was like, "Why don't we use it here?" And mm -hmm. so I'm like, "Okay, we'll make up stats for it." Mm -hmm. So that's a kind of fun little way that sometimes things come into existence is that we have element uh, B, but we also then need to create A and C to have it be a cohesive whole. Mm -hmm. And another, they're not all from Castroville, but another creature from Castroville you can have as creature companion is uh, Shodalashu, which yeah, Shodalashu. is, uh, a, you know, in the lore is a companion creature for the Lashunta on Castroville, mm -hmm. which is one of the core species you can play. So yeah. that is important to put that in there, too. Yeah. also have big empathic spiders. It's pretty mm -hmm. cool. <laughs> colorful The tarantula can, like, wake you yeah. up if you fall down, you know? Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. very colorful. The first art we got back from that was very sinister and scary. Oh, and I was right, like, I oh, can you make that cuter? Yeah, <laughs> just a little. it's supposed to be a pet. <laughs> yeah. It was like venom dripping from its hands. I, like, I mean, that might be up some people's alley. But yeah, I mean, right. there's no reason you couldn't do that, too, if you wanted your pet to be mm -hmm. a scary spider thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so there's guidelines in there uh, and rules for making your own custom companion, too. Yeah. I'm just going to spoil one more thing and then oh, I'm done, yeah. I promise, unless you want to spoil something. <laughs> no, um, you can have a Pachyosaurid as a mount, which is awesome mm -hmm. because then you can ride a dinosaur and headbutt stuff with it. Mm -hmm. And that, I don't know why, I just really wanted that to be a thing. <laughs> and we ordered, I think I ordered like um, uh, orange, and, orange and red or something, like striped, tiger striped pack as aliens. Mm -hmm. Do we have a question from Twitch? Cool. So from Twitch, we have a question from Ian the Kid. Uh, can two PCs, one with a rank in engineering and one in mysticism, work together to craft hybrid items? Oh, that's Ooh. a cool idea. That um, is a cool idea. I yeah. think my rules is written technically not, but it might be a discretion thing. I'm trying to remember who can craft hybrid items. Is it just Anyone? mysticism generally? No, I think you, I think you need it's one hybrid. or the other. So yeah, any yeah. one of them can craft a hybrid item by mm -hmm. themselves, I think. I yeah. think so. Uh, and, but uh, maybe there should be something where you can work together and have the time or something like that. And, yeah, just aid another, right? Does that yeah. work? Well, no, no, you don't really need to make a check <laughs> yeah. to craft. So That's true, yeah. It technically can't really aid them. Well, if you have a plus so, two to your not roll. Yes, they can work together. Yes. <laughs> but it won't. Uh, that'd be kind of a cool idea, though. Um, yeah. Some kind of... I don't know, it sounds like a theme, kind of a lighter rules element that lets yeah. you 
you know, consider your ranks one higher mm. and determining what you can craft or something. Get that little boost. To, yeah. yeah. If you have two people working together. Yeah. From different sides like that. Yeah. Yeah. Cool idea. Well, maybe you'll see it someday. Yeah. <laughs> Does anyone else have any other questions about anything? And just life, you know, like yeah, life is a Starfinder out there, <laughs> the, the if, inky black. If we don't have questions, we can talk about comms. Yeah. So I don't know if this is something you guys have ever thought about, but have you ever considered group feats where not necessarily like teamwork where two people work together to do one thing, but if the whole group as a whole have certain skill ranks that they can acquire a group feat that, I don't know, maybe affects them, uh, their spaceship, if they have a spaceship together, or they're functioning on separate planets and different biomes. That's a, a cool thought. We've, we've played with similar ideas. Um, and you mentioned teamwork feats. We're always, you know, look, poking around in Pathfinder and seeing what worked and, and what we might want to. But we're, we're also big on kind of paving our own way and, yeah. and seeing what makes sense for our universe. In since this kind of blend calm and your question, we do have a, a downtime system that's coming in the character operations manual. And that, that has some, um, not quite what you were describing, but things where the downtime you can spend a day not doing anything else to, to do something cool. Yeah, and <laughs> uh, get a cool benefit yeah. for the rest of the day, for the next day. And some of those involve other, uh, your allies, other characters. So there's um, entertaining. You can, like, you can lounge, first of all, so you can just spend the day playing uh, you know, video games and <laughs> watching holovids. Uh, yeah. And then... Someone else can entertain, so Amanda could spend her downtime entertaining Jason and I while we lounge. And if she <laughs> succeeds, then we all get benefits from that. Um, there's a few others that are like that too, training, like training together to get a benefit that carries on into the next day or week or so. So, yeah, but that's an interesting thought. I will think more about <laughs> a group feat kind of thing. Hi. So the different forms of telepathy, limited telepathy, etc., mm. etc. Uh, if you have, I, I, we have a player in our group who's playing the brain creature and is just mm, going little. straight skills, not helping in combat at all. <laughs> it's fine. We got like six, seven people in the group. We can do with one less player. But uh, the can he directly contact me in spite of a group of people? I didn't really understand the telepathy rules about that. Can they like if so? Like we're all in a room together. He's got the perfect telepathy. Can he say something like a whisper just to one other person in the group, or is that? Is it more of like a broadcast thing to everyone around him within a certain distance? Um, you know, I'm here without a book intentionally so that I didn't have to look things up. But I believe it is it's written, you know, the idea is that it's the same as carrying on a conversation. Okay. Um, so I think, yeah, you can target specific people with your yeah, telepathy. Yeah. And telepathy, in the same way that um, having a conversation and having like four or five people talking all at you at once, if you have a bunch of people talking at you telepathically, it's going to be hard for you to kind of sort that out. So that doesn't supersede just the way conversations work. It, they're just happening. Yeah, and, and I usually get the flip of that question, which is, can I talk to multiple people? Can I tell my whole party something? And yeah, that's, yeah, because you just like I'm talking to multiple people right, right now. Yeah. Um, but if a lot of people are talking to you, you have a harder time. Yeah. Hearing like you would hear yeah. if you all started talking to us at once. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Please don't do that. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> uh, so we have a question from Twitch from Radard Wolf. Um, does do a, does a noir need a free hand to gore people with their horns? Mm. I don't think so. I think natural attacks are don't you don't need to be will. That's true. Yeah, that makes sense. We did clarify natural attacks a little bit in Alien Archive Three uh, in the Universal Creature Rules, which once they're on the System Resource Document, uh, Blake Davis has done a good job of of taking our most recent iteration of things. Um, so that it's clear. I think it's yeah. comprehensive too. Isn't yeah. It? Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because I think the intent for, say, the Vesk is that it's their tail yeah. that they're hitting you with. Mm -hmm. um, because that's why it's bludgeoning and not claws or bites or whatever. So I don't think you need a free hand to gore. Yeah. You got them horns. I used to think of Vesk as punching because <laughs> I forgot about their tails. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, this is bludgeoning damage. Well, what are they, they doing? They're they're doing <laughs> Uh, we have another one from Twitch from uh, Shay Treyu. Um, Starship combat requires all of the players to work together in a single ship, but what would be the best way to have pilots individually pilot starfighters in the same battle? Right. That's that great is a great question, question that we do question. get a, a, a fair amount, and it is a 
Uh, not a question with an easy answer that you can just just add one to something, right? It, it's going to take because you're going to have more actually essentially actions or at least more piloting actions per round for the PCs. Um, it's gonna it would take it would take some tweaking in terms of of I don't know if it would take any tweaking of like the DCs or whatever, but it would definitely you'd have as a GM you'd have to be real careful about not just shooting one of the ships. You know what I mean? Like you could just uh, are you fighting multiple ships against multiple ships? That might be a bit of a nightmare to GM, uh, uh, but uh, I'm not saying don't try it. Uh, or is it a bunch of ships against one big ship, and is that one, if that one big ship focuses fire on one of the little ships, it'll just blow it up, blow it up, and then that, is that PC dead? Uh. Um, so there's a lot of a lot of uh, small things you have to take into consideration, I think. And um, uh, we have heard this question a bunch enough that you know we're thinking about stuff like that. Yeah, for sure. For, we're for, on the case. We're on the case. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know what the answer is going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, what it takes in terms of like. Building a bunch of multiple starships for each individual is it not? It's probably not going to be the same number of build points for a tier one starship. Here's a bunch of tier half starships for that add up because that won't be enough probably. So yeah, there's an answer out there. We yeah, don't know yeah. what it is yet. Someone's working on it. Maybe there will be mm-hmm. an answer at some point. I think that's about all we yeah. can say right now. Anything else? The other question: When I heard telepathy, I thought we were going to get a question about exactly the way it works we noticed that the way it's written telepathy says you can communicate with someone who has a language but we have some printed creatures that don't have a language just have telepathy listed um they can communicate with each other yeah (laughs) Yeah, yeah. that's the intent if you were to eavesdrop telepathically you'd probably just hear (laughs) (laughs) that's right that's canon that is canon (laughs) now how do you spell that that's my rules question m-n-a-r-r-r-r-r-r we can talk about more comp stuff if nobody has any immediate questions okay Oh, all right. Way, sir. Well, speaking of starships, uh, the other thing oh, yeah. we hear a lot is that certain classes uh, feel a little bit left out. <laughs> they either get stuck being gunners or uh, doing, doing or having to take a skill that is not yeah. a class skill for them, basically to fit in. Or it's just they're not, you know, th- their character. It doesn't make yeah. sense for their, even though their character would be a good science officer or something. Mm-hmm. That's not who their character is, and that's totally legit. Yeah. So com so com introduces ways for uh, spellcasters specifically. And then also more physical uh, mm-hmm. classes to contribute to starship combat in interesting ways. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Did you want to expand on that at all? Um, I mean, I'm fine with saying the names of the roles because I've heard Rob say them, so okay. it's fine. <laughs> okay, great. Do it. Um, so we've got the magic officer, which uh, uses um, mysticism, uh, or yeah, mysticism, I believe, right? Yeah, yeah. as a skill um, to uh, aid. It's basically like uh, aiding and um, boosting the systems and things using kind of magic and um divination essentially to figure out kind of what the other ship is going to do so there's that role which is really good for your mystics and technomancers and there's also the uh chief mate is the name of the mm-hmm. role which uses physical abilities um like athletics is one and is acrobatics one as well i think it's a dex and a strength skill yeah, yeah to um basically be uh pulling down levers you know past their normal um safety points or uh you know fiddling a little bit with the control panel to get something uh to boost into turbo mode and i would bang on the table but i'm not allowed to do that <laughs> percussive <laughs> so, maintenance i believe it's called percussive yeah. maintenance mm-hmm. yeah that's that's a job mm-hmm. for the chief mate mm-hmm. um so those two roles are are ones that we heard like joe was saying um characters saying that they uh, don't really have that much to do in Starship Combat, and so it's not as a fun of an element of games. We wanted to expand it in that direction. Mm-hmm. And, and the intent for these is not to basically also, you have to have all of them to have a Starship, right? So you right. can just mix and match as your group sees fit, yes. um, with the exception of you'll probably always need a pilot. Uh, and probably at least one gunner. So yes. <laughs> keep that in point. mind. But for the most part, then you can just like have three magic officers, mm-hmm. maybe, if you're just yeah. a bunch of uh, magics. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, in that, so that's how we kind of address backwards compatibility with all the previous stat blocks that we've published. Mm-hmm. You don't have to have these roles, and so it doesn't invalidate all of those stat blocks because they're not mentioned. Um, it's something that you can add in as a GM if you wish, um, but uh, you know you can still run all of the Starship combat um, that we've published previously without those and be fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's a lot of that's a lot of character operations. That is a lot of character operations. I love manual. it. Hi. We have another question from Twitch from Silver Druid. How would you make a dragon into a starship encounter? Oh, that's interesting. We talked mm-hmm. a little bit about mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Starfinder 101. Oh, yeah. 
Isn't well, it actually done that? Have you built a dragon as a starship staff lord? Not a dragon, no. There are other creatures that are, um, I would say, bigger. I would say you need the biggest dragon, basically, and uh, uh, big it up. What uh, what I would do, though, what would be fun to do is to make the starship have its own dragon, sh have the dragon, sorry, make the dragon have its own dragon shape, like starship mech or something like that. That makes it even bigger. So it's inside it, like flying it like a, like a, uh, almost like um, the, the, the Tron cycle, light cycle, right? <laughs> but it's just the shape of a big dragon around it and, it, and then it shoots and- I've never loved and hated something so much. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. It's got a dragon roll cage on it, right? Yes, exactly. I don't know, that, that's, that's, that's my first- That is something blush. you could do. That is something <laughs> you could do. That is Maybe don't yeah. yeah. what, what I would do uh, is look at the living starship creatures we've done, mm -hmm. uh, in Alien Archives specifically, and use that as a model for building your own, uh, which includes coming up with sometimes cool critical hit uh, tables. Yeah. Like, you know, when you take critical, not critical hit, critical damage. When you take critical damage on a starship, something happens. Uh, for a starship, you know, life support, that's a different system than a creature would have. So a lot of our living creatures, living starships have uh, different effects depending on where they get hit. Uh, and then they also have unique attacks often, mm -hmm. including melee attacks, which is a cool thing. I don't remember offhand which Living Starship has a melee sort of it, melee meaning they're in the same hex, you know, these scaleless hex yeah. that yeah, yeah, yeah. that could in be space, lots of miles, but yeah, but, the but near enough. Giant to, Space Tardigrade have a melee attack. That's but. the one I was thinking of, <laughs> yeah. but I'm not sure off hand. Giant Space Tardigrade, that's right. right. <laughs> I would do take the Giant Space Tardigrade and give it a half dragon template, mm -hmm. which is not a thing that exists in Starfinder, <laughs> but you do it anyway. Take the pathway version. Yeah. yeah. Well, there, there are there are dragon graphs and. Uh, you could sure. you could use what made sense there. Yeah, I mean, that, that that's what I would do. Yeah, yeah. Honestly. Makes sense. So I would take a starship stat block and just change the weapons to breath weapons. <laughs> yeah, I mean that works. Like yeah. yeah, just keeping the damage in line with with yes. the weapons that right. are being printed. And yeah, you're, yeah, you're pretty good, pretty safe. Yeah, joking aside, just looking at the table and <laughs> yeah. actually doing that might mm -hmm. actually work. Well, note that damage and attack rolls and everything. You definitely want to use starships and not the. NPC oh, the creation that's yeah. used in the back of the first alien archive because that's for tactical combat on a grid. Those numbers diverge quite a bit at a certain <laughs> point. <laughs> Anything else? Any other questions? I have a question. Oh, wait, Twitch. Twitch has a question. <laughs> Hi, Twitch. There was, there was a Twitch. <laughs> uh, so um, somebody had a question about how stealth works, uh, and I'll go through mm -hmm. it and I'll explain it again because stealth questions are always confusing. Okay. Uh, so, uh, Reiner Wolf again asked, um, with stealth and being observed, can you start stealthing behind an object like a table while somebody is looking at you the same way you can if you start hiding before you come into the room? So, in the other words, they know you're behind the table. Can right. you start stealthing behind the table? I would want to answer that with, like, the, after reading, rereading the rules very carefully to see what is yes. ruled as written. I think, in my game, it would just depend on the context, uh, personally. Yeah, if it's one of those clear pl uh, plastic tables, you probably not, <laughs> probably not. But yeah. if it's a solid, yeah. non-see-through table, yeah. If I'm looking right at you in the chair and you just pop your head down under the other chair, I still know that you're behind <laughs> the chair. So. Yeah, but what if you were very stealthy and then you snuck down here from here right. and came up over here? Well, that's why the context is yeah, important, exactly. right? It, ma yeah. it matters if it's just a table sitting in the middle of like an auditorium. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But you didn't see me at the start, so I'm good. If you pointed you know. behind us and said, look, a dragon, yeah. and then ducked back down behind the chair. And that's the thing about, you know, our rule book. This is a 500-page rule book we have. <laughs> now, there's a lot of setting stuff in there, too, but... Uh, you just can't cover every case, yeah. uh, and so I'm, I'm definitely interested in giving a good core set of rules for someone to then make these table rule table rulings. Oh my gosh, I did it again. This is great. Okay, is it? I'm I'm pleased. Okay, good. I'm glad. <laughs> That's all that matters here. Uh, question on communication rules: it, Can a starship communicate with the real world if they don't have a drift beacon nearby? With the, sorry, the real world. Um, uh, material, material plane. Oh, while they're drift. in the drifts. Yes. Hmm. I know you can do it if you have a drift beacon. Like, yeah. Right there. I mean, they're in another plane. That's true. Although we say, you know, our communication works uh, using drift yeah. <laughs> beacons, so I, I can't imagine it wouldn't work. I mean, I would, I would let it. Work. It would just take a long, long time. Yeah. For that to get to somewhere, you know, like I would treat it if 
I would assume you're, if you don't have a drift beacon anywhere near you, you're probably in the vest somewhere. Mm -hmm. So I would treat it like that. It's like, if yeah. you want to get in communication with anyone else outside of the material plane, well, I guess with the exception of Baptism Station, it would take 5d6 days mm -hmm. for the communication mm -hmm. to go through. Yeah. That's good. I like it. Uh, another question from Twitch from Rax333. When can we see an advanced Starship construction rule set? Now, I guess the question is, what does that mean? Advanced, mm -hmm. exactly. Just more stuff? Do you want to do something different? Um, we'll ask the questions here. Yeah, we'll ask the questions. <laughs> I'm going to interpret it as more options. More options, more sure. Options. Yeah, I mean, we are you know have lots of other options that have been, appeared in various other products like Pat Worlds and one of the volumes of Against the Aeon Throne and then coming up soon in Biological Starships and possibly others. Um, would we want to uh, put those all in one book one, at one point? I don't know. That's, that's, a, that's a question for the people who decide what's on the schedule in a lot of ways uh, instead of that's a financially feasible thing. But, you know, we, you know, we, we understand that people want some kind of starships something. Do a little song to drown out my question to a man. Okay. <laughs> hey, starships. Here you are. Okay. Uh, keep coming to these panels because... <laughs> We're planning on announcing some stuff, and that will be somewhat relevant to those interested in Starship options. Yeah. Yes. Keep watching the skies. The skies. Hi. Uh, Hello. Can a Solarian's armor's energy resistance protect him from environmental effects, or does it have to be like a specific Ooh. your armor or your spacesuit protects you from that? Uh, in, yeah, armor is generally where you get your environmental protections from. Um, no, it doesn't provide environmental yeah. protections. Um, but if you were to take specifically fire damage from something like, I think, some, we have immersion in lava, right? We do, yeah. 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 There's some so, environmental stuff that does do energy damage, and that would still work yeah. against it. But it would have to be that specific type of damage. But yeah, it won't. You know, environmental protections keep you breathing in, yeah, yeah. in space and stuff, too. So. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, but that's the thing, is you can't keep your Solarian armor on all the time. So... It, it only happens. I, I'm pretty sure because it's like the weapon. You can't. You don't have that. You, you only use that. Pull the weapon out of the moat when yeah, it's danger time. <laughs> so I think the armor happens the same <laughs> way. But I, the, the armor can't put on. Okay. Okay. So too, but I don't. Attunement. Attunement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. Fair yeah, enough. Pretty sure. I got confused. But yeah, it doesn't. But yeah, but it doesn't. Doesn't provide additional uh, effects beyond what's written there. So I have another question from Twitch, from Ian the Kid. They want more clarification on telepathy. If, a cre if you're doing a telepathic uh, communication with a creature that does not possess telepathy, is that just a one-way uh, communication? We have not said that, I don't think. Um, I've always considered it two-way, but yeah. I'm not sure what's written, <laughs> honestly. Because so. you can read their mind in return, what they're thinking about the answer to your question. You've asked them telep telepathically, I think so too. Um, not without consent, of course. Like you can't just get in someone's head and start no, I mean, reading their mind. That, 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 just that, just that, in case yeah. anyone yes, wanted yes, to that, interpret indeed. it that way. Yeah, but, right. Yeah. yeah, what they what they're thinking in response to the question. Exactly. Or try thinking it and like they're speaking it, but not speaking it. Mm -hmm. uh, another question from Twitch from Silver, Silver Druid: uh, Would we ever see something like the optional flaw system from Fifth Edition make its way into Starfinder? Saying. I mean, technically, we do have an optional ability score flaw that you can take. You just don't really get it. Right. It's more for role-playing purposes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and if we had any, I think that uh, 5th edition also has, like, like flaws you can take. Like, be, I'm clumsy. But I don't yeah. think that necessarily has, I don't know. I'm, not, I'm talking out of my <laughs> But that's always an interesting thing to add to something to, like, start finding to pick a, because we had, like, uh, drawbacks were in Pathfinder, right? Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, Pathfinder. Never, so yeah. something like that could maybe make its way if we ever looked at it and decided, hey, well, I think it's really cool and we can come up with a whole bunch of them that's unique to Starfinder or something. Yeah, we always look at, you know, what we want to get out there, what people are asking us about and interested in. Um, and then with adventures, right? Like yeah. we did a corruption subsystems for your yeah. Signal of Screams uh, adventure path, which yeah. is horror themed, and so mm -hmm. we made some new rules specifically for that because it made sense for that mm -hmm. product and and tied in with it really well. So, yeah. you know, if we did an adventure about anti heroes or something, then uh, <laughs> about you know, being flawed people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I could see that. <laughs> yeah. that makes a lot of sense. Oh, we have another one from Twitch from Poison Yeg. 
Uh, can you travel to other planes through the drift engine in your starship? No. I don't think so. I don't can only think so. access the drift. Yeah. Although there are pockets Unless, of other planes. I mean, other than drift. the drift, the material plane. Yeah. <laughs> Loophole. It's a trick question. Nice try. <laughs> yeah, the drift yeah. engine doesn't get you to the fire plane. Well, or, I mean, uh, if so you speak. fire up your drift engine, you rip a piece of <laughs> the plane of fire out of, yes. out of the plane of fire into the drift, and then you go there, or you end up there. But you're then still you in the sort of. Yes. Yeah, you're still in the drift. You're no, still I'm in the drift. I'm just trying to. Yeah. When you intend to do that, but you accidentally ripped into hell, and oops, there's a big old devil. <laughs> yep. Well, we have a few more minutes. Cool. So, <laughs> Let's just stare at each other quietly. Yeah. Anybody else have any other questions for us? Thoughts? Oh, oh yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> I was just remembering again what I was going to ask. Oh, you have your yeah. So you mentioned the uh, corruption subset rules that yeah. you made. What are your guys' favorite? rules that you've added through adventure paths or uh, uh starfinder society adventures that are not i mean i'm biased but the corruption's mine because i wrote <laughs> that and i wanted to take this corruption stuff from horror adventures and, and and tweak it up so it was a little less unforgiving in, in some ways um and uh tie it up to our resolve points so that you could end up like i have a really bad fight and then you know i spent all my resolve points to get my heal back and uh, oh no i can't i don't have enough resolve in me to withstand this corruption and i step step closer to being a being a pure shadow or whatever um so that, i thought that was uh, hopefully uh, uh well done and a lot of fun <laughs> <laughs> i haven't read it all the way through yet but okay, i'm sure you did enough. great thanks joe <laughs> i uh my question might be boring my answer might be boring uh but i really love playable species and we've had those in aps and alien archives and in organized play Famously, the Morlama, the <laughs> yep. playable space walrus, Technicolor space walrus, <laughs> uh, and also some coral people that are in there. Uh, and yeah, those aren't from organized play, but those no, are not. no. Uh, but uh, but you know, those are non-core rules elements that let you create characters of different species. And with AA three, once that's out this month, we'll have a hundred plus uh, playable species. Uh, most of which are not core, right? Um, so that's that's my answer. <laughs> we should look up to see if that's like a number that we can more than any other game that's ever existed. One hundred plus playable species. I think we should look up every metric. That is just some weird random <laughs> off the wall like Starfinder has just the like most baseball. sevens yeah. and all of its core yeah. attack numbers. Of, I don't know of any game published yes. on a, a Thursday yeah. in <laughs> Indiana. The most one hundred and sixty page hardcovers of any yes, game ever. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, um, so oh, the thing that immediately comes to mind is something we did actually end up picking up and putting into Armory, but we had an extensive necrographs system um, back in the Dead Sons Adventure Path, which was the first time we had expanded augmentations in the game. Um, and it was very flavorful, and it was tied to Eox, and um, it was all flavored like this is an entire planet of undead, and they basically can like craft so the weird necromatic flesh that they, uh, you know, can work with and they can create things that are infused with technology uh, that uh, are, is like cyber tech and, and are implants and things like that. And so there's some really cool, creepy stuff in there. There's like the vampire um, vocal modulator and, and yeah, there's just a bunch of cool undead themed stuff that, that was fun and then we end up picking it up. <laughs> so you know, like the freaky more. stuff. Yeah. Technically core. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I believe, it, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe I remember reading in the core book that the vacuum of space in Starfinder isn't dangerously cold. Is that correct? That's right. Yeah. Is there a reason for that? Yeah, it was based on real science. <laughs> that, okay. Uh, I think it was Owen Casey Stevens yeah. looked into that a bit. As much as we had time, we like to, we, it's science fantasy, so we do all the hand waving <laughs> as yeah. much as possible. There's like, a lot we're of just that. constantly running around. Doing <laughs> waving our hands. Yeah. But, yeah. but uh, we do like to pull from real life because there's yeah. a lot of really unbelievable stuff that's true. Suspend your disbelief. Yeah, yeah. So, just yeah. like, you know, TIE fighters wouldn't really screech in space, uh, neither do you instantly freeze. Um, right. I, I forget the exact details of it, but uh, I mean, there's—it's literally nothing. So there's no—you can't have any, any. It's no temperature. Mm -hmm. It's not cold. It's no temperature because temperature is big molecules vibrating, mm -hmm. and there are no molecules in space. There are just so few. That so few. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I believe there's two kinds of heat loss, and one you do eventually. Yeah, you're you, right. You yeah. vibrate your heat out. And then <laughs> yeah, 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 you're, yeah. Yeah, that's. I think that's yeah. what what the 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 trope of you freezing mm -hmm. to death is. You're you're just you're, yeah, what, what Joe just said. So, yeah. so, uh, another question from Twitch from uh, 
Kapua714, uh, are you able to elaborate on bioships and their mechanics? Will they be able to eat other ships? <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, Second part, no. <laughs> yeah, I really don't think oh, so. Oh, dang. Missed opportunity. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, that wasn't... Well, I mean, I guess it is. There may or may not be a swarm starship that does something like that. Um, but um, but that's not the swarm starships that are in this biomechanical starships article. Um, it is about... Uh, I, we did sort of talk a little bit about them in um, Pack Worlds, I think, mm-hmm. with uh, some of the Xeno Warden ships. We sort of expanded a little bit on it in this... Uh, the second volume of Attack of the Swarm. Um, and I can't uh, fully remember a lot of what's going on. I just remember the pictures look nice. So I could re- no, I can't I could reach over. It. I could reach over and look at it right now. Here's Oh, nice. Here's a tip so, for the Twitch questions. If you say, can you expand on, then the answer is no, apparently. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but we'll try. Let's go ahead and look at oh what we have here. Ooh, weird mm, pheromone system, bio-camouflage. Mm-hmm. Oh, look at that. Root system. So there's weapons. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, yeah, so ahead. I'll just What's say that? this. So like basically, uh, if, a, if a ship has a root system, which is a new thing in here, uh, if you land on a planet that has uh, uh, bi- you know has has enough biome to it, it roots up and it self repairs. So that's kind of a cool biomechanical that's really thing. Cool. Yeah. Uh, from uh, Ian the Kid again in uh, Twitch chat. Um, in regards to drift travel, um, they wanted to know if there would be an expansion in use of the system, like using it. Um, as a difficult way to get places, or having things like bases inside of it with an expansion of a system where you would have things like property. Are you looking at any use of the drift besides just travel? I'm always thinking about things like that. I, I like campaigns where you are kind of building, not necessarily colonizing, but building connections between systems and you know trading and uh, doing sort of mercenary missions that aren't necessarily mercenary, but just, you know. Uh, in terms of like hard rules for that, I don't think we have any plans for that necessarily, but that's always something that could be the basis of a free RPG day adventure yeah. or an adventure path, yeah. or if we ever find time in human beings, uh, <laughs> modules, that kind of thing. And, and not just in the drift, but kind of anywhere, really. Yeah. yeah. There is a city in the center of the drift, which right, mm-hmm. which is uh, the home of, of Tryon in a lot of ways. But uh, the thing about, like, if you wanted to make a, your own colony inside the drift, it would be hard to find again yeah. in some fashion because the drift is always wacky and weird. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it, that's why it's not good real estate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's worth pointing out that the reason there's that ver- – well, one of the reasons that there's the variability in the – time that it takes to travel through the drift is to allow for kind of random encounters as the GM mm-hmm. wishes and that there's that random element of other planes being pulled into the drift mm-hmm. so you know whether it's because the party needs more XP or the GM is just interested in a little side plot or something um, there's a lot of sort of narrative space for stuff to happen in the drift so it's not out of the, the question that there could be some kind of colony but it, it would be logistically what, what I really want to see inspired by the fact that you don't round down when you figure out um Mm-hmm. you don't round at all when you're figuring out uh, yeah. trips through the drift is a sort of race like a rally race where you mm-hmm. go through the drift like you go to this mm-hmm. planet in near space and then this place in the vast and you have to check in and and just having like an adventure based on that would be really cool what do you think will you do it next adventure uh, Great. I don't know next question <laughs> uh, I have a lot of questions about oh. the com book uh, in particular and since you guys can talk maybe about some of the classes uh, oh, yeah, on them. The new I was wondering if maybe you didn't want to Can you talk uh, specifically about how they change from the play test, uh, which were for uh, by Hacker, and how did the shields change uh, much from what we got to see in the play test for Vanguards? I can answer all those things. Good job not asking if I could expand on them. Yeah. I, well, I was this close. So. Yeah, and we can talk about yeah, it. Um, shields, I believe, have stayed pretty much the same. Uh, each one of the classes very much benefited from the feedback we got in the playtest, which was really awesome to, to get help, get outside eyes. We spent a lot of time internally working yeah, on those did. classes, mm-hmm. and we still, for instance, the Vanguard, which I wrote, uh, what didn't have a way to spend <laughs> entropy points, which is like, first cool level. at first mm-hmm. level. So yeah, everyone's like, uh, <laughs> and I was like, yep, that's a good point. <laughs> so the Vanguard changed uh, a fair amount, actually. Um, there's not only a way at least one way to spend entry points, but you have uh, some other ways of get, gaining them as well. Uh, so that's the Vanguard. Do you want to talk about Witch Warper since you wrote the Witch Warper? Yeah, yeah. So uh, the Witch Warper uh, is Infinite Worlds, um, is its primary class feature, and it's still called that, and it still largely does the same things in that it allows you to manipulate the terrain, 
um, and uh, it changed sort of like environmental hazards and you know swapping and dealing different types of energy damage and things like that. But um, it fu it functions differently in that you're using spell slots now to power it. So we've um, made them those effects a little bit more significant, um, but at the cost of having to decide basically whether you want to use one of your spell slots or not. And we went uh, back and forth on whether that was something we wanted to do because it is a fundamental change in the economy of how that class works. Mm -hmm. um, where my initial vision of how it would work is that it's a uses per day situation and. Um, as we were getting feedback that particularly the lower level uses of infinite worlds was not nearly as effective as some of the higher level stuff, um, we looked at lots of different ways at balancing that and uh, Owen, I think, suggested using uh, spell slots and we kind of put that through the ringer a couple of times and it, it turned out, I was unconvinced at the beginning, I'll admit, because I was worried about um, the spellcaster losing its ability to cast as many spells, but it actually does work really well because those uses are, are very versatile um, and they are um, more potent uh, at this point. So um, so that was the largest change to the Witch Warper. Um, the paradigm shifts all largely stayed the same in their functionality. I think there was a couple that we tweaked and maybe a couple that we just got rid of because it turned out that they were they were spammable and it was a little too much. <laughs> and this is a little obvious maybe, but there's a bunch of Witch Warper spells. Um, mm. You know, in the playtest we didn't a have ton. the spells yet, so. Yes. Um, there are Witch Warper specific spells. There are ones, I believe, that, um, you know, Mystics and Witch Warpers can cast, ones that Technomancers yeah. and Witch Warpers can cast, so. Yeah, there's, I want to say there's about 15 to 20 specific Witch Warper only spells in Com. Cool. It's about 5,000 words worth. And we have the author of the final class here, Jason Keeley, well, wrote me. the biohacker. So. Yeah, um, uh, one of the things I noticed as I was looking out over the changes just the other week um, was that uh, with the injections, the biohacker gets a lot of the, you know, gets the, that that's one of their main primary features. Uh, there was there was something in there about like you being able to refresh how many you had uh, during your ten minute break to get stamina. Um, so it helps with basically there was a lot of, there was a lot of talk about like having not enough of them um, as a, as a daily resource and so it it functions uh, and and in some way it looked like it, it benefited maybe even a little bit from how the alchemist of Tekken edition mm. happened so we kind of maybe borrowed from that a little bit. Are you bearing the lead in terms of auto hitting your? Oh, I oh, yes. <laughs> no, I, I am because I forgot it. Yes, yeah. um, there's a there's a, a part of your. Uh, uh, we changed the name to something lab, right? Did we change it uh, to yeah. mini lab uh, or micro exactly lab or something like that instead on, of yeah. uh, 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 um, whatever it was called in the playtest? And uh, uh, you can attune it to a number of people, uh, probably your ally. Uh, I think only allies. You yeah. tune it to a number of your allies because it takes like uh, ten minutes or, or something mm -hmm. like that. And then uh, when you shoot them, shoot those people with your injections, you automatically hit. So. A biohacker can now be like, oh, right, you know, I, I've attuned you, do, 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 and I just shoot you and you're healed, or, you know, you get your boost and you're good to go. That was something we learned from the playtest, which yeah. is obvious, you know, everything yeah. is in hindsight, but it's like, it's not fun to miss my ally and not yeah. have done anything this time yeah. around. Yeah, so, totally. Uh, yeah. Uh, I think we're about out of time, so I want to thank everybody. For coming and if any like maybe one last question if anyone has something one quick question lightning yeah. round real what, quick Joe right. you're a quick question you had a question you uh, it's not quick so. okay <laughs> never mind you'll have to wonder forever what it was uh, right. wow. or just find Joe in the booth and bother yeah exactly yeah, <laughs> I'll be down later. There. anytime honestly but thank you very much yes thank you thanks for coming hey thank you Hey, and that is going to wrap up day one of Gen Con 2019 oh, here. So I mean, tired. good grief. This, how's it been? The first full day of Gen Con? Uh, amazing. Amazingly uh, uh, busy and, mm -hmm. and packed uh, uh, and uh, fun. This was my only panel for the day, so it was good to sit down at the end. Uh, and uh, talk with uh, talk with everybody. Yeah. And for those of you who don't know, and you should know, I'm here with Jason Keeley. Oh yes, hi, it's me, Jason Keeley. One of the Starfinder developers or designer? Developer. developer. I always get those two terms mixed up, and I apologize. Don't worry about it. No worries. But and also, uh, many of our No Direction fans will recognize you as Ogdrum from Adventure. Yes. yes, that's right. Oh, I, I don't know if I can do the voice. I have oh. to get into the. It's been too much. It's been too. It's, it's been a bit. Yeah, we just me and uh, me and Lauren just got done uh, doing the game uh, with dragons and things, and Jason. Oh, fun! There's Lauren. I killed everyone. You killed everyone. Very nice. Very nice. No. I'm a rogue main. Don't put me in the seat of a rogue. <laughs> we will be back tomorrow at ten, but. The fun isn't over for Gen Con. There's lots of, of society play coming up. Tonight. Yeah. What should people look forward to tomorrow 
and what should people try to do if they're here at the convention right now? Oh, boy. Um, tomorrow is just, you know, obviously our booth's going to be open at the normal time. We still have plenty of second edition stuff left over. Mm -hmm. uh, not all of it, but uh, the core rulebook and the best area for sure. Um, come on by and get that at some point. Um, don't forget about our satellite booth if our line is looking pretty long. Mm -hmm. um, so check that out. And then um, there's a bunch of new panels. I know there's a, uh, for me particularly, uh, the Starfinder AP Q&A is tomorrow at some point. Yes. Two or three. Um, so come listen to that. I have uh, uh, um, uh, visual aids, uh, show and tells for that one. Uh, that I'm excited to, uh, to, to to showcase. And you all will see it. We will have any of the visual aids yeah. on screen, so do not worry. Um, also, they, everybody was kind of excited. A lot of questions about Starship. Uh, how do you think Starship Combat has evolved in past or Starfinder since its release? Yeah, um, that's a good question. Um, obviously, we you know I had to have that fact to get mm -hmm. everything right. right. But uh, since then, um, we've been trying uh, at least in the Adventure Pass every once in a while, trying some some new stuff like throwing some weird hazards and uh, or conditions. Like you've got to do X to, to to get you know you just want to get out of there or you right. want to save this other ship. So we're trying stuff like that out a lot, and uh, hopefully uh, people will uh, find it uh, enjoyable right. and. Uh, uh, a bit of a spice up the the way the way Starship. And the book's not available yet, but of course a lot of the hype and excitement about Starfinder is calm. Yes. Yes. I know you answered a ton of questions about calm, mm -hmm. but how excited should people be to get? How big of a deal is calm ah, going to be to Starfinder? It's going to be a real big deal. It's got a lot of new stuff that's going to help uh, uh, help the game a lot and, yeah. and make it more exciting. I know a lot of us old time Pathfinder fans have always said that Pathfinder wasn't really Pathfinder until the APG. Mm -hmm. Is calm going to feel a similar role? Um, yeah. I mean, I think Starfinder is pretty Starfinder as it is. Yeah, uh, it I think kind when, of is now, a thing. when we when we when we crest you know the nearly one hundred playable species, that sort of <laughs> that's what makes Starfinder Starfinder that's in my opinion. Nuts by the way and yes, I love it you've got um, little balls of triangles mm -hmm. you've got evil warriors people mm -hmm. you've got so many bug people mandals. yeah so many bug people like like Esoteric snails. Yes, oh, I love the esoteric shows, snails. Yeah, and of course, big bears. Big, big, just bears. Yeah, just bears. bears. Just bears. All right, everybody. We will see you all again tomorrow at ten a.m. We're going to see you, of course, soon too, right? I hope so. On um, panels soon. Yeah. Yes. Well, tomorrow. tomorrow I have. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And until next time, everybody. We hope you have had a great Gen Con. And remember, here at Pazo, an official Pazo, and of course with us at No Direction, we con when you can't. And that was part of No Direction's 2019 Gen Con seminar coverage in partnership with Paizo. If you'd like to find more great content like this, go to nodirectionpodcast.com. We'd like to thank our Patreon supporters for making content like this possible. If you'd like to support the network and see that future content is created, you can do so at patreon.com slash nodirection. Or click on the Patreon link at nodirectionpodcast.com. <laughs>